It's a very good afternoon to you. To David Peterson joining us for Gardening Talkback. Hello, David. Hello, Dave. Well, what we're going to do is we'll take a short song, and that's when we open the phones up now for your calls. If you'd like to call through and ask a question to David about gardening, the time is now, 49216216. Go to the phone, say hello to Diane. She's waiting to take your calls and get your details from you. Easy listening to in URFM 103.7. Gardening Talkback today, 49216216. If you'd like to be a part of the program, we'd like to have you as part of it right through until 1.30. Look, I think we've actually hit spring, Dave. I really do. Come early. Yes, because the way we were busy over the weekend, I think people think it thinks it's spring. Well, I mean, look at the weather. It's absolutely perfect. 24 degrees and we're still in winter. You it's know, amazing. I, I think people must have woke up on the weekend and went, right, breakfast. Oh, let's go to the gardening <laughs> centre now. Yes, yes. You think that was the... I think that was exactly the case, yes, because it was a perfect weekend and perfect weather and perfect gardening weather. Just remembering for all those people that are a little bit too keen, remembering the soil is still quite quite cold because we're still in winter. We're still getting temperatures fairly low overnight. So therefore, you won't get a great deal of growth that quickly until that weather, that ground starts to warm up. But certainly, look, it's great weather to start getting out and doing those odd jobs. And for those who did venture out on Saturday and Sunday into the garden and you've got some questions, he's here to take them. That's David Peterson. You can call through on 49216216. We invite your calls right through to one thirty today. And for those who do call, David, they go into the running to win a wonderful gift pack. They do. And look, at consider this is this beautiful little plant which has been around for an ever and a day. It's a Hardenbergia, or Happy Wanderer probably was the old name that they used to give to this Hardenbergia. But this is actually the white one. It belongs to the Free and Easy family. It's a little climber, pure white flowers, always the first to flower late winter, early spring. So it requires just a small area for it to grow in. Being a native, of course, it likes a good sunny spot, well-drained spot in the garden, and it will be very, very happy. So that's the plant I'm giving away today. As well as that, I'm giving away a packet of the fruit and flower fertiliser because we're in that time of the year when we need to start fertilising everything. A bag of fruit and uh, flower fertiliser. There's a tongue twister for you. (laughs) And, of course, a container of the Aquamagic. Now, these are the re-wetting granules or the water-storing granules which are used that we can put into uh, soil or pots or whatever to help retain the moisture because I believe there's very strong winds coming this afternoon, as we've been told. So that's the sort of thing that you need to add on these conditions. Well, all we need is you. If you'd like to pick up the phone and give us a call, 49216216, go to the phone now. There's a free line there. You'll get straight through and you'll be able to talk to David and we're here right through until 1.30. So plenty of time up our sleeve. Here- Easy listening to in URFM 103.7. Gardening talk back today, 49216216. If you'd like to be a part of the program, we'd like to have you as part of it right through until 1.30. David Peterson's taking your calls and saying hello to Janet now. Janet joins us from Merriweather. Hello, Janet. Hi, David. How are you? Good, thank you. It's such a beautiful day. Oh, isn't it glorious? What can I do for you, Janet? Well, we did a garden renovation last year. Right. And we planted a lime tree. And this year I noticed it's starting to... The leaves are a little bit yellow and there's a few, um, like, brown... Not... Not um, fungal spots, but like almost rusty spots on the back of some of the leaves. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I'm just wondering what I can do to help it along. Well, look, certainly, Janet, I know at the moment all the citrus trees do look like that because they're just getting over their winter weather, but they need the ground to warm up to start pushing them into growth. So basically, okay. if you feel you need to just give it a light prune back and then a feed with some citrus fertiliser, that's a definite must at this time of the year because once that fertiliser gets down in the ground, it will push the growth into the citrus tree very, very quickly. Okay, what, what fertiliser would you oh, the citrus? Yep, just use the citrus fertiliser, particularly if you've got it growing in the ground, but remembering for those people that have got citrus growing in pots, you cannot use the citrus fertiliser. You have to use an organic fertiliser. But certainly for you, if it's in the ground, citrus fertiliser is the way to go. And make sure, of course, once you've applied that, you water it in really, really thoroughly. Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And we've got oh, David hi. joining us right now. David's at Green Hills. Hello, David. Oh, good afternoon, David. How are you? Good, thank you. The last time I called you, I got a dozen calls from people at work giving me all this advice about using poison. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, last week you were talking to a lady about the hardened burger. Yes. And uh, I've got one in the backyard here. Anyway, it was running around the place and making a mess. I cut it off flat level with the ground. Okay. And it is back. Proliferated. It is gorgeous. Well, that's good advertisement for the hardened Berger, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Done a good job. And the winds have turned up here. Oh, they have. Okay, so Green Hills, that's Maitland, so yeah. they're yet yeah. to reach us. Yeah. Okay. Let or- the dog off the chain. Okay. Oh. Thank you, David. We didn't okay. really want to hear that. Thank Bye. you. Bye bye. Okay, and one of the most beautiful spots in our area is Killaban Bay, and Joanne joins us from there. Hello, Joanne. Hello, David. I've got two questions if I'm allowed to ask two questions. Certainly you can. Um, my roses I cut back about three weeks ago, mm-hmm. except for my climbing rose, because as the same thing last year, mid-July it starts to flower. Mm-hmm. So with this weather, um, it's still flowering, <laughs> <laughs> Should I, and it's only just started. Should I cut it back? Well, look, certainly it is a good idea now that we're entering spring that you could actually afford to cut it back quite severely because it won't take long to reshoot away and reflower again for you. So I, I think I'd get in and do it, yes. Okay. I'll wait till our winds die down so the lime sulphur doesn't go everywhere. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's a very good idea, yes. Um, the other thing, my herb garden last year was a disaster. Everything had rust spots on it and big holes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had to spray anything on, you know, basil, sage, oregano. We don't like to normally spray uh, our herbs with anything because of that reason. It is a chemical, so it's got to have a withholding period on the plant. So sometimes in the, in the case of the herbs, if there is a little bit of disease on them, it's often wise just to pick that off, throw it into the whiz bin and just leave the plant alone. Look, certainly if you need to apply any products to your herbs, it's probably wise to stick with one of your natural products because a lot of those only have a two-day withholding period. So therefore, after that time, you can get in and harvest as you normally do. Okay, so a natural product is the Some pyrethrum? Pyrethrum, that's exactly right, yes. Okay. Okay, thank right. you very much. You're welcome. That's how easy it is to be a part of the program, just as Joanne did right then. Pick up the phone, give us a call, 49216216, Gardening Talkback, right through until one thirty today at 2NURFM. Newcastle and Hunter Valley's 2 and URFM 103.7 Gardening Talk back today. Why don't you give us a call? 49216216. There's a free line there. We'd love to hear from you. You'll get straight through if you call up. Uh, but first, we're going to say hello to Jennifer, who's been waiting patiently at Brankston. Hello, Jennifer. Oh, hello. How are you going? Good, thank you. I've got a question for you about Australian red cedar tree. Yes. 
How, if there is anything you can do for those um, pit borers? Yes. The ones that actually get right up in the top of the canopy? Yeah, and all the tips, every yes. single... On them, the Unfortunately, the we've got to do something really, really early in the season to actually get on top of that for spring because they always come in the springtime when, of course, all that wonderful new growth is starting to appear. But unfortunately, you've got to use an injection method very, very early in the season, right back to around about March to actually be working for this time of the year. So it's a good idea to prepare for it right back in March. It's just a matter of drilling holes into the trunk of the tree and injecting a pro just any of your chemicals into the tree mostly uh, malathion is used plugging those holes up and that way it starts to work through the sap system and by springtime it's actually up within the trees uh, foliage and it does prevent that from happening but unfortunately it's too late now because it won't be long before they'll be starting to appear Oh, bugger. <laughs> I know, it's a bit like that because we don't think of these things until it's just about ready to happen. And, of course, the spring weather has, um, has pounced upon us very, very quickly. So prepare that for next year, Jennifer. March, put it in your calendar, and it's time to inject your tree for the grubs for spring. So what is the stuff I inject with? Malathine. You need malathine, that's right, yes. All right, no worries. Thanks. Okay. Instructions are all in there for that. They're, they're not, but I mean, certainly when we get to March, if you ring again, I can give you the instructions. But otherwise, when you purchase the chemical, yep. hopefully from a good nursery, uh, they will go through that procedure with you. All right, thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye now. David, here's Billy from Morissette. Hello, Billy. Oh, hello. I heard you speaking about the Hardenbergia. Yes. Well, and... Um, Whoever wins that one today has got a beauty. Oh, that's good to hear. Yes. And I also heard a man ring you about cutting his Hardenbergia to the ground. Yes. Oh, I don't think I'll be doing that. I wonder, <laughs> if, that, I wonder if that's the purple native one, you know? The, the one that the gentleman cut back? Yeah. Okay, well, it possibly may be because that's, of course, the most hardy. I mean, these new free and easies, they belong to a yeah. brand new group of little Hardenbergias. Yeah. So I'll follow your instructions from last week. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. David, um, I've been away and I haven't pruned my roses yet. Okay. Is it too late? Not at all. No, you can go ahead and do it now. Uh, nice hard and prune? Yes, a nice hard prune as you okay. normally would during winter. Okay. Make sure, of course, uh, Billy, you spray them with your lime sulphur oh, straight no. after you've pruned them. Um, yes. And they will probably shoot into growth very quickly for you. Yes, well, they've already shot now and they're feet high, so I'll, I'll do as you say. Thank you, David. Very good. Thank good. you. Bye. Bye-bye now. Why don't you give us a call? 49216216, Gardening Talk back at 2NURFM. <laughs> that's okay, started. that's better. Sorry about That's all right. So what can we do for you again? David, David is it too late to prune the uh, apple tree? Stop it from growing too high so that I can't pick them. It is, it is, Neil, because with apple trees, it's always best because they actually fruit on their previous year's wood. So once the fruit is actually finished, that's the time when you can prune your apple trees back. Because they need to they need to actually fruit on their previous year's spurs, as we call them. So if you can wait until you've got a crop on, and then once that crop is taken, if you can give it a prune back. Now, that would be about February, March. It would be, yes, because that way you can cut yes. them back. You'll get a little bit more growth before they lose their leaves for the winter months of next season, and that way you'll be safe for the following year then. 
my neighbour said to me, he said to me, the hormones are in the roots during winter right. and in the fruit during the fruiting, they, and in the leaves and branches during the fruiting. Well, perhaps that's so, but, but but we really need to let them fruit on their previous year's spurs. Otherwise, you won't. You'll have more trouble because if you prune them too late now, you're not going to get any fruit for this season. Good one, Neil. Neil from Bonnells Bay, giving us a little bit of a, a chat today. Four nine two one six two one six. If you'd like to get through, and we'll talk to you. Coming back in a moment, we'll talk about these strange weathers, how they're affecting our garden. We'll do that with David next here at Gardening Talk back at two and URFM. Easy listening to and you are FM 103.7 and it's 19 minutes to one. Gardening talk back with you from Monday afternoon with David Peterson. I wanted to talk to you about the days are a little deceiving, yes. aren't they? Because they are so warm and the sun's they out, are. but the ground and the ground level it's is still, still very moist and cold, yes, isn't it? that's right. And that's why we don't get a lot of growth still. You may even notice that the lawn hasn't really started growing as of yet because that needs the ground to actually warm up for the grass to start growing. But the weeds never stop growing. And as we've noticed in our lawns, Lots of weeds and particularly bindies coming through, so keep an eye on that. And, of course, some clover and oxalis. Now, look, I've had lots of people in yesterday ask me, is it too early to spray your lawn for, for bindies and weeds? No, it's not. Certainly the weather is warm, the sun is out, and as long as you've got the sun out, that's going to activate the chemical to work much quicker. So you can actually start uh, spraying your lawns for weeds. Remembering the best one of all to use is a product called Bindi because it covers all your weeds. It covers bindies, clover and all your broadleaf weeds. And remembering also, Bindi is now available to be used on all types of lawns. Now, that's including buffalo lawns, which once upon a time it never could be used on. So the one product does all. Uh, so remembering when you first spray your Bindi, you need to spray the entire lawn. Make sure that product has been on six hours before rain or watering. And then, of course, you'll leave that for a, probably a whole month. And then you'll actually look at it again. If there's odd, odd areas that you've missed or there's still weeds that are there, just mix up a small quantity and spot weed those areas of weeds. Now remembering also too, once you've sprayed your lawn the first time, you can come in a week or two later and fertilise the lawn with your number 17 or whatever lawn fertiliser you like using. Remembering to spread that nice and evenly, make sure you do water that in very, very thoroughly. And of course, the more you keep watering that lawn, the more it activates this product to work and of course pushes the growth into the lawn. We're probably asking ourselves, why do we want the lawn to promote growth? Why? Because we've only got a mower to gain, but we do that because we love beautiful lawns, so that's why we do it. Exactly. I'll get you to say hello to Jim now. He joins us from Charlestown. Hello, Jim. Uh, hi, guys. Couldn't see to, uh, afford to see you going through without being put to work, David. So uh, <laughs> my poor, poor, poor is in poor condition. Right. Uh, got beautiful fruit on it, green, but the um, it's got some sort of a fungal disease, I'm guessing. Leaves underneath black, everything falls off the branches too, and I've tried Mancazeb and liquid copper. Anything else I can do? Well, there's nothing else you can do because, unfortunately, that's just due to the colder conditions that we have during the winter. Even though you're in Charlestown, which is usually fairly high, we still have cold conditions. And, of course, pawpaw being a tropical thing will always be affected during the winter months by uh, fungal spores or black spots. And, and, of course, the cold weather makes the leaves look very, very untidy. Once again, our ground needs to warm up. And, of course, that's when we'll notice a very, very big difference in the foliage colour – 
Make sure, of course, you feed it at this time of the year with something like a citrus fertiliser and make sure you water that in fairly thoroughly. That fruit, of course, which is there, will now, of course, mature and um, crop and um, give you a good uh, lot of crop for this season. It will probably produce more flowers for next year's crop because remembering our pawpaws in this area never actually um, uh, fully mature just in the one season. They always go over into winter and then into spring. Now, oh, so even mature without the leaves on it? That's right, yes, because oh. the, the energy is still there within the plant. Once we feed it, all that energy will then come back into the plant and that fruit that's actually hanging there will actually mature this season once our weather warms up completely because, as I said, it is a tropical thing, so it needs the warmth to mature that fruit fully. So, yeah, don't take that off. And, and of course, once you feed it, that will promote more growth, more foliage, and the plant will come back to normal for you, Jim. Great. I'm just looking down there now, and it looks like one of them has fallen off. Okay, right. It's still green. But anyway... um, Finally, just a quick one, um, citrus tree, not quite flowering yet. Can I feed them as well or do I? Look, you certainly can. It is the time when we need to feed our citrus trees. The only thing is for those people that have already a full lot of flowers, which probably won't be the case, be very, very careful if you've got a full tree of flowers because if you put fertiliser on, then it will sometimes cause that those flowers to fall off. So be very, very cautious in doing that. Sometimes it's wise to put half strength on, water it in thoroughly, and that way you may not have the flower drop. Great. Thanks for your help. You're welcome. And Bye-bye we've got now. Velta with us right now from Macquarie Hills. Hello, Velta. Um, hello, David. Uh, um, I just... Uh, two easy questions. Uh, I just needed to know... Um, uh, I did my rose pruning about three weeks ago or so, and I, I sprayed with the lime sulphur. Um, what can I do with the remaining lime sulphur I have in my spray bottle? Leave it until next year. Oh, it'll keep? Yes, it certainly will. Most chemicals, once you purchase them, have a five-year shelf life, so you can actually keep that until next year. Look, certainly, I mean, you may find on the instructions you can use it for other things besides roses, but personally, I do not like to use it during the uh, summer months because I find it does tend to burn things very, very easily. So, yes, just store that wherever you store your chemicals for next year's use. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if it's made up? You know, from powdered? No, you should dispose of that. So you must get rid of that uh, because you should never keep things stored in a spray apparatus because it will cause problems with that sprayer. Oh, okay. Okay. My my second question is um, I got my son to... um, prune back um, uh, three clumps of lamandras Mm. that were very thick and bushy. And I'm just wondering, can I um, dig up and and, um, break up the lamandras and, and plant them in other places and divide it up sort of thing? Well, normally it's not the done thing with lamandras because they do form a clump and, and look really, really good. But if you feel you need to do that, yes, you can do it, but very carefully. Oh, so okay. you'll ne- well, yes, it's something I normally wouldn't suggest, but if you wanted to do that, a nice sharp spade when you dig the clump up, just sever it in half or in fours or whatever you want to do with it. Try not to break it up into small pieces because they probably may not take for you. So it's a good idea to try and sever it into just a good section so you're planting that section back in the ground and you're not disturbing the root systems overly too much. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Velta. Bye. It's now. Gardening Talk back. Why don't you give us a call? 49216216 at 2 in your RFM. 
Easy listening to in URFM 103.7 Monday afternoon and David Peterson is with us for Gardening Talkback and we love hearing from you too so if you've been wondering can I get through well I can tell you you could if you call right now 49216216 let's go back to the calls right now David I've got a call for you at Bulladila of all places and it's Philippa Hello Philippa Hello how are you? Good thank you That's good my garden peas Yes They've got sort of like brown, rusty spots on their leaves. Yes, already. I mean, look, certainly with peas, they are a winter thing. And once we get into these warmer conditions, you'll always find that they'll get either powdery mildew or a little bit of rust on them. And that's basically all it is, Philippa. You need to just um, spray them with a product called Mancozeb. Mancozeb basically is a fungicide. And right. it, that you'll find that will stop it from spreading any further. Just make sure when you do use that Mancozeb that you make sure you take note of the withholding period because I know with um, peas, it's a great to pick them straight off the plant and eat them straight away. They sometimes don't even make their way into the pot because they're I know so they nice. Don't. It's wonderful, <laughs> isn't it? So, um, so yes, just keep a note of the withholding period. But certainly, just a spray with some mancozeb should clear that up for you. Yeah. And that's not the only thing. Even though the pods are very full. There's nothing inside them. Okay, well, they, they are unfortunately aren't maturing fully, so you just need to give them a little bit of liquid fertiliser. Just water that over them once every couple of weeks. Yeah, I've been doing that every okay. 10 days. All right, so that's, and you make sure you use something that's got potash in them because that's actually a flower and fruit producer. So okay. if, you, if you're using another fertiliser, switch over to the potash fertiliser because that's basically designed for giving you better quality fruit. Yeah. I've been using Thrive. Yeah, Thrive, as long as you use the th- the Thrive flower and fruit because that's got the small percentage of potash in it. The normal Thrive doesn't have the potash in it. Oh, that's where I'm going wrong. Okay. Um, but it was funny, when they first began peeing, I got heaps of fully formed peas, mm-hmm. but now they've decided not to do that. Because the thing is that once they've taken up all the elements in the ground, you need to replenish that, and that's where the potash steps in for you. The potash. Yes. Right, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you for your call, Philippa. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, yeah, Philippa gave us a call. We'll be taking calls right through to 1.30 today here at 2 in URFM. Quick weather update right now. Lovely gift pack to give away for one of our listeners today who it calls is. through. It is. It, look, it's, as I said earlier, it's the, one of the first things to flower during this time of the year. It's one of the Hardenbergias. It's a little climber, but this one belongs to the Free and Easy family. It's a pure white, this one. It's got a slight touch of other colour in it, but a really good little plant to pop in a good sunny spot that you only want to cover a small area with this Hardenbergia. So that's what I'm giving away today as well as a packet of the fruit and flower fertilizer that's the time to do it now when all your fertilizers should be going on as well as the aqua magic water storing granules and to win that all you have to do is call us up 49216216 louise is with us whereabouts are you louise what suburb edgeworth david hello louise how are you hello david how are you good um david my problem is my camellia tree is covered in buds but it's throwing the buds before it opens. Mm-hmm. What can be my problem? So you've had no flowers out at all I this did. season? Early, earlier I had lovely big flowers and now it's not opening right. them up. Okay, well, because we're moving into the summertime, that's probably why it may be starting to lose its flowers. But certainly what you can do is you can water some liquid fertiliser around it because that's going to give it a little bit more strength. Mm-hmm. So just use any of your liquid fertilisers, mix that up according to directions and just water that around under the base of the tree and try and do that every couple of weeks and that may encourage 
those flowers to come out a little better than what they are at the moment. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Thank you. Let's say hello to Michael. Michael's with us now from Bonnells Bay. Hello, Michael. Hello, boys. How are you? Good, thank you. That's good, David. Uh, I've got a Eureka lemon tree Mm -hmm. down the back, and it's got no leaves just about and lots of fruit. Mm -hmm. And the fruit's all full of juice and so on, so obviously I watered it well. But there's just no leaves on it. Okay. Well, probably because of that, because all the energy has actually gone to the fruit and there, there's no way that it's actually going to produce the foliage until all that fruit has been taken off. So basically it's just a matter of waiting for that fruit to mature, take it all off, give the tree just a little bit of a haircut and then feed it with a citrus fertiliser to promote the growth again. Okay. What about, um, what's the other stuff that you put down around? Um, um... Citrus potash. Potash. Yes, what certainly combine potash? the two together, uh, and that way you'll you'll get it growing well, and you'll get it into flower as well. But that's that's basically the reason. It's probably just been struggling because of the amount of fruit that's on it, and all that energy has actually just gone to the fruit, and that's why you're not getting any foliage. Okay, no worries. I'll do right. that this afternoon. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you okay. very much. Bye bye now. And it is gardening talk back right through this afternoon until one thirty. Uh, David, we're inviting those calls, but a bit uh, quiet on calls. Slow. Today. I think Where David, they're all out working in the garden they today instead of being in listening to gardening talk. They must back. be and asking you the questions. Yeah, that so need I mean, to look, be answered. this is what spring does, Dave. I mean, once of course that we get this beautiful weather, they all want to get out and start that pruning and start all those jobs that we need to do in springtime. So that's obviously where everyone is today. But that's all right. That's, that's all right. Okay. Well, let's come back and we'll talk to you on the phone in just a moment here at 2NURFM 103.7. Gardening talk back. Let's find out how things are right about now in Soldier's Point as we're joined by Carol. Hello, Carol. Hello, David. Um, I'm just wondering if you can put citrus peels in the compost bin. Preferably not, because not. anything as far as citrus goes does affect the earthworms or the worms that are actually working in the compost. They don't like that citrus sort of thing, so that's why we try and keep right away from doing that. Oh, okay, that's all I wanted to know. It's basically just citrus and meat products, of course, is the other thing. And sometimes onions, just be a little careful how much of the onions you put in as well. Well, just the, I just put the skin. Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine, yes, that's Egg fine. Eggshells and yeah, bags and well, all, everything like that. Everything else except particularly, well, see, meat um, encourages maggots, which we don't particularly want and makes it really horrible smelling, and citrus keeps the worms away, and, of right. course, that's something we don't want. We want them to encourage to break down. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. You're welcome, Carol. Okay, bye And hello, Joyce from Waratah West. Hello, Joyce. Oh, good afternoon, David. Uh, David, for the first time in about over two months, I've just had my, I'll call it grass. It's not lawn because it's a lot of weed. (laughs) Now, is it too soon to uh, to water with the feed and weed or should I wait a little bit longer? Well, look, certainly because we've got some good sunny days, it won't hurt to start doing that, the weed and feed. Certainly with the weed and with the weed part of it, it may take a little bit longer because the ground is still a little bit cold. And, of course, the fertiliser will kick in as well eventually. So once the weather starts to warm, the ground warms up, it'll all kick in. But certainly I think we really are on the cuff of saying yes and no. But I, I, if it was me, I think I would probably want to try and start and do it as soon as possible. Thank you very much, David. Appreciate that. You're welcome, Joyce. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Gardening Talk back at 2NURFM. A short break and we're back. Easy listening, 2NURFM 103.7. You know, Jenny from Shortland, we've been waiting for you to call. Hello, Jenny. Oh, good day. Um, is that you, David? Yes, it is. 
Oh, great. How are you going? Very well, thank you. Very well. Good. Um, I've got an uh, interesting question. Have you? Yeah, I'm a carer for my mother at her home in Shortland. Mm-hmm. I want to put a nice garden along the front of the house. Mm-hmm. Now, over the years, there's been things in there and they've got massive roots in there and I'm wondering if I can just forget about them, put some soil on the top, border it off and put some plants in. Look, I think that's a great idea, Jenny, because you'll, you'll probably find that all those roots that are left there are probably from the old plants that may have been in there. So they will probably just rot away eventually anyway and possibly be very good for the soil because they'll form like a compost in the garden. So, yeah, just get some really good garden soil, pop that on the top, dig it in if you possibly can to the old soil that may be underneath and I think you'll probably find it'd be ready to go. You could then plant some plants in there and then just cover it up with some sugar cane or something like that that's going to help retain the moisture. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I want to go from the, the level of the um, the the grass, the lawn, yes. up. I don't want to dig down at all, so I'll just put some stuff to hold all the dirt in. Yes, you can use something like treated timber products or you can use some bush rock if you can get hold of some bush rock or sometimes you can even get some uh, stuff that's actually joined together with wire that you can make an elevated garden out of. So, yeah, use any of those sorts of things. Righto, okay. So right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a goer, hey? I think it's, that sounds it's a very good idea, yes. So, well done. Yeah, I'd like to do that, and I'm going to want to do it now. All right. I don't want to wait till summer because it's so hot out yes, the front. Yes, yes. Well, you, re- you ring me in a couple of months and let me know how you got on, Jenny. Yeah, and I'll go to your place and get some plants that would be suitable for this. Well, Jenny, I think, that, done. I, I think that sounds a very, very good idea, so I'll look forward to seeing you. Okay, great. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. And here's Ian now from Bob's Farm. Hello, Ian. How are we going? Good. That's good. Um, a question on uh, some bottle brush that mm-hmm. I may. Um, I've tried very unsuccessfully the last couple of years to propagate some of my bottle brush from seeds and uh, from cuttings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering if you could give me the heads up as to when is the best time to take cuttings and what's the best um, wood or part of the bush to actually take the cutting from. Okay, well it's certainly by far the easiest way to grow bottle brushes is by cuttings uh, because with seed you'll never know what you end up with because it could end up with a totally different variety of what you've taken the seed from. Uh, so you'll be taking cuttings. You'll actually take cuttings now at this time of the year because you've got your previous year's wood, as we call it, on it. It hasn't started to regrow for the season. You certainly do not want the very fresh growth right on the top because it will just shrivel up and die. So you need something with a little bit of hardwood, which is, as I said, the previous year's cuttings. You'll only take cuttings around about four inches in length. So uh, And then you'll mostly take all the foliage off except to leave a few leaves at the top. Uh, get yourself some rooting powder or gel or whatever so you can dip the cutting, the base of the cutting into that and then stick them in some seed raising mixture. Now look, certainly uh, Ian, you'll, if you just get a six inch pot, you'll be able to stick probably at least 12 to 20 cuttings just in that pot alone. So, you know, don't go overboard with too many pots. Try and fit as many cuttings as you possibly can in the one pot. Now they look, they may take several months to send out roots. So don't be over 
anxious and try and disturb those beforehand. When you see the roots start to come out of the bottom of the pot, that would be the time to start breaking them up, separate them, and then put them in individual pots. Because I can guarantee you'll probably lose at least 50% of those cuttings, if not more. Okay, okay, excellent, excellent. All right. Um, the other, other question, if I may, um, the bottle brushes I have... Uh, probably 20, 25 year old. Um, I've cut them back a couple of times, not as often as I should have, but um, I'm actually starting to get some die-off in some, uh, in a few of them. Um, are they sort of at the end of their life or do they just need a, a, a really good hard cut back or there's a little bit of mo- like a mossy sort of material around, around the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering whether there's something going on there, or whether at the end of their lifespan? Uh, Not at all, in answer to all of those questions, because the moss is just an indication that they are fairly mature. Uh, Secondly, you know, they probably would be due for a very, very good hard prune, so you can force some really good growth up. And that is the thing with a lot of natives. People are under the conception that you don't ever prune natives, but in actual fact, the more you prune them, the better they're going to function for you. So, of course, with bottle brushes, you can cut them right back to virtually nothing, and they will reach shoot again so perhaps that what that's what it needs a good hard prune back feed them with some really good organic fertilizer and they will bounce back to life as quick as ever for you excellent thanks thanks very much you're welcome Thank bye you. for now bye. our next call is brian who joins us from tingara heights hello brian uh good day there uh, david thanks for taking my call mate uh, yes, uh i need some help uh in relation to uh uh the planting of roses on uh Never planted roses before, so um, um, the type of rose that I need to, you know, like I wanted to make a uh, a feature out the front of my house, mm-hmm. and uh, the type of rose I should plant, like I need, I think about three whites and two reds, uh, far apart. I should plant them and. And uh, should the planning be elevated? Okay. Well, let's just go through the steps with preparation for roses. Certainly, as long as you can dig the ground over, it's always a good idea to mix in a rose compost or any other compost you may have there. Certainly, there is rose compost available. A good thick layer over the ground and then make sure you just dig that in nice and thoroughly. Uh, Certainly, roses don't mind whether they're elevated or on the same level as everything else in the garden. Of Uh course, with roses they also don't mind if there's a little bit of clay in the soil because that contains various minerals which the the roses tend to prefer Okay. So rose-wise, it's just a matter of going along to your garden centre and going through the roses. Even if you need some help, just ask for some help for some roses. Uh, Plant those in the area that you prepared. Make sure, of course, you water those in well. And it's always probably a good idea then to just give them a good, complete rose fertiliser because that will work its way down into the soil and promote your roses on for you. Remembering always with roses, they do need spraying. So make sure when you buy your roses, you ask for what spray you need to spray them with to keep away all those insects and black spot because uh-huh. they do yep. need a fair bit of spraying. As far as distance apart, usually a good metre apart is average. Certainly don't go any closer than a metre apart and that okay. way you'll have a really, really good display of roses. Okay. And uh, uh, planting time, is it? Certainly we're, we're in planting time now. If you come into the nursery, you'll find we have a very good selection of roses. They're all in beautiful leaf at the moment, and even okay. some are actually budding up ready to flower. Okay. You're up on uh, Walls End Road, aren't We you? certainly are on the corner of Crowdus and Lake Road, Walls End. Okay, right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Brian. Uh, bye Thank you, bye. Let's say hello to Joanna. She's at Mayfield. Hello, Joanna. Oh, hello, 
David. Um, I was just wondering about um, azaleas, you know, the, um, taking cuttings from azaleas. The, um, they're the older variety, you know. The, mm-hmm. the older, old-fashioned singles. Yeah, purpley mauve colour yep. and that's sort of a pinky colour and white. Okay. I'm only going to be able to take the cuttings in the next few weeks because... Um, various reasons so I'm wondering if that's would that be might that be successful look that is very very successful because Um, we're in spring now we like to think it as being spring so you can take as many cuttings as you like certainly you um, because most of the um, the cutting material is the previous year's wood is which is exactly what you need to take so you can just trim all of the azaleas back look they may be coming into flower that's the only things but you're going to have to sacrifice that to get Mm. your cuttings how much how, how much far from the the tip, the new growth back, do I... You shouldn't have any new growth at the moment, so you're actually taking all the end growth. So at least take a cutting a good six inches in length. Yeah. Take most of your foliage off for the very... Yeah. and except for the very top ones. Yeah. Get yourself some cutting powder or liquid, dip your cuttings into that, and then yeah. stick them into some seed-raising mixture or propagation <laughs> mixture. Yeah. Now, what I would suggest also that you do when you're putting those into your seed-raising mixture, just get a pot, a small pot, and you may be able to stick a good dozen cuttings in there because you may not get mm. a lot of them to no. strike. Yeah, yeah, but do you think I'd at least get a couple? Oh, yeah, you should get a couple. If you put a good, good 20 cuttings in, you should be able to at least get a good couple to strike. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. You're welcome. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, gardening talk back Now, everybody that's called through is in the uh, the draw there to win this gift pack, and how are we looking with okay. that today? Okay, let's just run through that first of all, Dave. It's consists of this beautiful hardened bergia, which is in flower at the moment in pure white flowers, a bag of the flower and fruit fertiliser, and a container of the Aquamagic storing granules. And look, I'm going to give it to Jenny of Shortland today. She's the one that's preparing the new garden uh, that she's carrying the, for the lady so congratulations jenny all you really need to do make your way along to walls end community nursery that's on the corner of crowdus and lake road walls End. one condition is try and get in before next monday's program because i will have a brand new gift to give away next monday well done david thank you for today no thank you dave and good gardening everyone Gardening Talk back back again on Monday of next week from midday till 1.30 here with David Peterson at 2NURFM 103.7. Coming up soon, easy listening favourites for you Monday afternoon with Sarah Farley-Adams.